This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Rebound to a standing Kawhi Leonard. Runs in front court. Into the corner, Van Vliet, catch and shoot three, got it again! Down the bottom of the well for Fred Van Vliet. He's got 16 points on six of six from the floor. Leonard, far side, pulls for a three and knocks it down. Splash it cleanly in the bottom of the well. Toronto up 119-111. Biggest lead of the game. Dagger, Jonesy! Ice pick Jack right in the back, that could be it. And they come back with a win. They were down 17. They run the Grizzlies down and get the victory. The final from the FedEx Forum in Memphis. Toronto 122, Memphis 114. Now that was an impressive win. Really, really impressive stuff. A complete team effort from the Raptors in the come-from-behind 122-114 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Welcome back inside Raptors Control. Gareth Wheeler alongside Josh Lundberg. Have a comment on that one. At Wheeler TSN at JLU1050. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. You will hear from the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, momentarily after this win tonight for the Raptors, a league-best 18th win on the season. Nothing came easy, but a completely different half of basketball, first to second. The Raptors dug deep. They were patient. They played a little defense. And man, oh man, they simply didn't miss big shots, especially from distance come fourth quarter. There was a lot to be concerned about at one point during this game. The defense in the first half, it looked like the Raptors may have been looking ahead to Thursday's game against Golden State and Memphis. They were making them pay. Then even once the Raptors started to uh, cut into the deficit, we talked about this at halftime and before the game, the Grizzlies are battle-tested, man. They've been Mm -hmm. in some tough uh, close, grind-it-out grind games this season, whereas the Raptors have barely played in close games this season, and they haven't looked especially good in some of those games. But tonight, uh, they executed on both ends of the floor, down the stretch, against a tough opponent, on the road, a lot to like about this win. One of their best, if not their best of the season. Josh, this Raptors team ends up shooting almost 61% from the floor against one of, if not the best defensive teams in the NBA. How do they do it? How do they make that second half transition? Like, 59 points was great in the first half, but the second half they basically got what they wanted in those shots that kind of weren't falling in the first half just really started to drop. Yeah, I thought they were okay offensively in the first half. Not great, but pretty good considering the type of team that they were going up against. But there were a few things offensively that we pointed out at halftime that needed to change. One, they were throwing the ball away. The turnovers were a big issue. They had nine at the half. And ended up finishing with 15. So they took care of the ball. Did a better job of taking care of the ball anyways in the second half. And then the the patience and the toughness offensively, I thought, changed quite a bit in the second half as well. You could see Memphis sort of taking them out of their comfort zone in the first half. Um, Maybe frustrating them, rushing them a little bit. I'm sure Nick Nurse will echo and, those and let, comments And let's as well. hear from the head, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors right now. Yeah, I think so. We, we had a real uh, 
gut check at halftime there. You know, we just weren't we just weren't doing the things that we wanted to do. Um, and then we came out and played a lot better defense in the second half. So it's good good that we we didn't really bring our game with us, but we found it yeah. at least in the second half. That little bit of zone in the third seemed to sort of get things back in your favor. What's that? That little bit of zone that you played in the third seemed to get things back in your favor. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was getting tired of not guarding them, so I thought I'd try a little zone, and and uh, you know just it just got them out. You know that's it's what you use it for on nights when you're you know you try to get them out of rhythm a little bit and. And fortunately, it worked. We kind of took it on, put it off a little bit, and kind of kind of got us through a good stretch of the third. Nick, you guys did a much better job in the second half, not turning the ball over, and yep. and, and you had to be impressed with Kawhi's ability to distribute the ball, especially down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, he's um, anytime he anytime he dribbles it more than once, there's at least two, if not three, guys coming to take a swat at it, and uh, you know he's got to see some of that. You can't really practice it, right? It's hard. It's only going to see it in games, and he's going to get a lot of that attention. And he's got to he's got to start finding people. And he did their first stretch tonight. And they, fortunately, they made him. And you went you went to the bench too. You you played your starters. It seemed like more minutes in the first half. In the second half, you you mixed it up. You went to the bench, and they were good for you. Yeah, they 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 had a nice run there, right? Freddie obviously off the yeah. bench was huge, right? Uh, I thought OG made some huge plays. I think I think it was OG that took that big charge and a real yeah. momentum yeah, yeah. swing. Um, who else? Delon. Delon and Delon played, played good. Yeah, yeah, played pretty good too. So that was a nice nice job by them. They they hadn't they didn't provide very good punch in the first half, but they did in the second. Freddie's obviously been dealing with some injuries, kind of battled. Has that a, been a pretty big game for him to, to have that kind of performance to kind of you know, maybe put things back around a bit? Yeah, hopefully. He got banged up again tonight early. But, um, yeah, you know, he's he is a, a big-time clutch shooter, right? And he made a lot of those shots in the fourth, and they were big ones to kind of push us over the hump. And that's kind of what he does. So it was good to see he hadn't really done that all year. So it was good to see him provide that provide that again this year. Okay, yep. Short but sweet from the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, after the 122-114 victory for your Toronto Raptors. Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lunenberg with you, just like we were addressing. First thing he has to say, it was gut check time at halftime, and the team came out and started playing some defense in the second half. That's what it comes down to. The defense was nowhere near good enough. Like, we'll get into the players that made shots and some of the really impressive numbers against an elite level defensive team, but when you get down to it, there's no way a team that averages 103 points per game should be scoring 71 on you at halftime. They only give up 43 to Memphis in the second half and that's your turnaround and that's your ball game. Yeah, we're going to get into the specific players, as you mentioned, that really stepped up and maybe it's fitting that before we do, we talk about Nick Nurse because I thought this was a really good game for the Raptors head coach and some of the adjustments that he made in the second half. You heard uh, him talk about the zone defense there. They went to the zone for multiple possessions, got multiple consecutive stops, and looked like that was the first time all game in the third quarter that they had gotten consecutive stops. And and that sort of built some momentum, I thought, for the Raptors. Now, granted, the Grizzlies stopped hitting uh, some of the shots that they were hitting in the first half, but I thought the Raptors sort of flustered them a little bit, took them out of their conversation, 
comfort zone a little bit. Uh, and then they started matching the physicality, which goes a long way. And I, I thought offensively, Nurse and the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard made some big adjustments in the second half as well. You asked me earlier what was different offensively. I thought, yeah, they, they cut down on the turnovers, which helped. They were more patient, which helped. But Kawhi Leonard was really interesting to me in this game because he only had 17 points. He only took 11 shots, and that was a function of the way the Grizzlies were defending him. I'm, that's, I'm not criticizing him at all for either of those things because this was a type of game where he could have taken 20 shots, and that would have hurt the Raptors just based on how difficult those shots would have been because of the way Memphis was defending him. But they were blitzing him in the pick and roll. He adjusted his game. He adjusted his game. He was attacking them off the ball. He was looking for opportunities to push the ball in transition, and he was making great decisions. He was using all the extra defensive attention that he was seeing tonight to make plays for other guys. Five assists on the night. Four of those assists came in the fourth quarter. A lot of them setting up those open threes that Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet hit. So I thought this was a... You're not going to... When you look at all all of the box scores or all of the, um, all of the, the game log at the end of the year and look at Kawhi Leonard's totals... This game isn't going to jump out at you, but I thought this was one of the more impressive games, all-around games, that he played this season. Yeah, I think that's fair to point out. It's it's incredible sometimes over the course of a basketball game how it is actually a tale of two halves. At halftime, we were mentioning like this very weak and limited bench of the Memphis Grizzlies had 31 points at halftime. Caspi and, and Mack had 10 points each. Those two players finished with how many? 10 points each. They only scored 7 points off their bench in the second half. And and honestly, it was just about making their their lives that much more difficult. There were not the easy looks that were given up in the first half of play. And the Raptors are a team. They have all kinds of offensive talent. They have all kinds of athletes. They could throw different looks at you. But at the end of the day, sometimes you're going to have to roll up your sleeves not let the referees, two technical fouls in the first half, just not let those little things bother you, and just bring your lunch pail to the arena and go out there and play. And they dug deep in the second half, and they just love how they shifted gears and started playing defensive basketball. And if the Raptors can show that level of defensive play, then what happened in previous springtimes that led to disappointment, that won't happen. Because in difficult times, you need to rely on your defense. And they did that tonight, and it turned around this ballgame for me, Josh. This is one of the things that the Raptors Raptors Masai Ujiri talked a lot about in terms of what made Nick Nurse stand out in the interview process over the summer. They they wanted to bring in somebody. They liked the idea of being able to adjust on the fly, adapt on the fly, because you need to in the NBA. It's not enough. It would have been very easy for them to go down in this game, and then you have Nurse after the game talking at the podium and saying, well, yeah, we need to go back and we need to see how we can defend the 1-5 pick and roll differently than we did tonight. Mm-hmm. We need to look at our zone and maybe do this and maybe do that. He didn't wait until after the game to do that. The, the Raptors were getting killed on that 1-5 pick and roll in the first half. Gasol, Conley. Killed. And then, You're so right. Yeah. And then all those other shooters you mentioned earlier, the Caspies, uh, Sheldon Max, those guys, they were all benefiting from the Raptors trying Trying to, I, I guess, figure out that one-five pick and roll in the first half as well. Uh, it was all stemming from that, but they changed their coverages up in uh, at, at halftime. 
Um, as I mentioned, offensively, the way they utilized Kawhi Leonard in the second half was completely different. So this was about making those necessary changes in the middle of a game and essentially saving what could have been an ugly loss for this team. Right, no kidding. Uh, that's the way to dig deep. Now they've won six in a row, the third time they've done it on the year. All 18 of their victories have come on six-game winning streak. Incredible. Let, let's make it seven Thursday night against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you mentioned some praise for Kawhi Leonard. Multiple players in the running for the two-for-one pizza player of the game will make our calls next, and you're going to hear more from the Toronto Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, a very passionate Kyle Lowry after the statement victory by the Raps tonight. 122-114 is your final. Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lundberg with you. This is Tangerine Raptors Basketball, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. A nice wind down in Memphis. Well, keep this going. It's a perfect time to play some Yacht Rock. And when I think guys that are big into Yacht Rock, no one's bigger than Josh Lundberg. They were walking in Memphis in the first half. They were sleepwalking in Memphis in the first half. <laughs> and then walking all over Memphis there in the you second go. half. Keep there this you going, go. JP. We're making beautiful music together tonight, Wheels. Little Marcom. See, we should have like some sort of... No, we shouldn't. I'll stop right there. But appropriate enough, look, feeling good. The Raptors, at least, will be after this one, 122-114. That's a way to go into a marquee Thursday night matchup against the Golden State Warriors. Do do you think, Josh, by the way, Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lewenberg with you. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball across the TSN radio network. Want to get at us at Wheeler TSN at JLU1050, and the text is 1050-50. Do you think for one night... And one night only, the attention in the city, the lead sports story in Toronto, can actually be the best team in the NBA taking on the champs, and not some Swedish player who's not in Toronto right now, just for one day, okay? Like, do me a favor, people. Let your friends know Thursday's not a day to talk, Nylander. Honest, I don't want to hear that. I want the attention to be on this team and this matchup because that's where the attention deserves to be. Preach, Wheeler. Do you want me to continue? Oh, yeah. No, I think I'm, I made my point. I was just getting I my just, popcorn ready, and I, I wanted to let you go. I'd like, honestly, it, it, sometimes it gets a little much um, where the attention goes to other places. But, look, this is, this is going to be the primetime matchup. Across North America. Forget Thursday night football this week. Forget whatever else is on the NHL or NBA schedule. North America's eyes are going to be up in here, up to up in Toronto for an 8 p.m. tip on Thursday night, and we're going to have that broadcast for you right here on TSN 1050. Yeah, I mean, listen, if it wasn't obvious already, if this wasn't already a game that you had circled on your calendar for Clay Thompson, a player on arguably the best team of all time, a two-time reigning NBA champions and a team that's won the championship in three of the last four years, for him to come out and and say that this could be a finals preview, for him to say that they've got something special uh, in Canada, 
That's not nothing. That's a big deal. No, it's this team is legit. They're really, really good. And I know a lot of people, um, including yourself, Josh, you wrote about this. And I think it's reasonable to bring up the Raptors have had a soft schedule to start the season. But this is where the tough sledding begins. And look, there's no easy nights in the NBA. Good teams are losing ball games to crappy teams all over the place. But the way the Raptors have dug deep. They've come up with some really good team efforts. They've had to dig deep because of injuries in the team. And tonight, you know, unsung heroes all over the place. You're right. The stats tonight, 17-10 and 10 for Kawhi Leonard, doesn't jump off the page. But your friend and mine, I, I, I think you're still a card-carrying member of his fan club, in Fred Van Vliet. He gets injured in the first half, has to leave the court for a few moments. We think he spun his ankle. Ends up coming back into the ball game. Josh, it's a game where he, the only shot that he missed was from the free throw line. He was a perfect six for six from the floor, three of three from distance, 18 points, three steals, three assists coming off the bench. That is the Fred Van Vliet of old, and that's the Fred Van Vliet that turns this already really good team into something even better. We've seen a bunch of perfect games, I feel like, this season. Ibaka had one earlier in the year, didn't miss a shot. Danny Green had one, if I'm not mistaken. Now Fred Van Vliet, six for six. And you're right. I mean, for Fred specifically, this was nice to see after uh, an injury scare earlier in the game, but also how the season has unfolded for him at this point. You know how frustrated Fred Van Vliet has been. He's a guy that's as competitive as anybody. He demands a lot from himself, and he's been dealing with so many bumps and bruises uh, more so, I think, than what we know even. And I mean, you see him on the bench. Uh, early in games with the, uh, I think it's like it's a heating pack wrapped around his lower back. We know he's dealt with the foot issues. So for him to continue to fight through, play through as he has, he's played through uh, a bit of a slump, but he's starting to show signs of that old Fred, last year's version of Fred Van Vliet recently. And tonight, this was vintage Fred Van yeah. Vliet. This was the bet-on-yourself version of Fred that everyone swa- fell in love with last year. The guy was, sorry to cut you off, John, the guy was swagger, like ice-cold, you know, water running through his veins. Like, that's what Fred Van Vliet's about, fearless. And tonight, you saw some of that edge. Took some big shots coming down the stretch. Replaced Danny Green in that five-man unit down the stretch of this ballgame. The dude that won them the game in Orlando, (laughs) Danny Green. And he's been a fixture of those closing units, one of the most consistent players on this team. And it's not a knock on Danny Green or even the game that he had tonight because he had 14 points, made four threes. He was good. But this is just a, a... function of the amount of options that Nick Nurse has uh, throughout the game, but specifically down the stretch, and he's talked a lot about that and wanting to get different guys experience closing games and seeing how different units look, but yeah, you've got a lot of different combinations that you can throw out there with Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard, and uh, Nurse pushed the right button tonight because Van Vliet, uh, he was bringing it in the fourth quarter, made three big threes, and a credit to Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, those guys for setting Fred up, but ultimately you've got to knock down the shots and right. people were so concerned about the Raptors' three-point shooting. Why aren't they shooting the three-ball well? And that was a storyline for a few weeks, but let's face it, the Raptors' best three-point shooters were either out of the lineup in the case of C.J. Miles or not playing especially well in the case of Fred Van Vliet. Now, Miles is knocking down threes, Van Vliet is knocking down threes, and what's the result? 
18 for 33 from beyond the arc, 7 for 12 in the fourth quarter. Right, right. Uh, We'll continue to dig deep into some of those numbers. But for those aforementioned reasons, that's why giving Fred Van Vliet my two-for-one pizza player of the game. Do you want to give it to Van Vliet or do you want to go somewhere else? Because this is a night where there, this is isn't, a tough one. there isn't just like one clear-cut candidate because you can make the case for three or four players here tonight. Yeah, you can make the case for Kawhi as we already have. You can make the case for Kyle Lowry who did not play well in the first half, was huge in the second half, perhaps for the reason, the curse word that he gave us uh, no in, the, in the uh, at the end of the broadcast. But I there. love the acknowledgement there too, because Lowry was his sensational self in the in the, in the second yeah. half. First half, he looked lost at times, and they all like he he used that word that yeah, right. stemmed from probably the frustration complaint. It's a synonym for complaining. Uh, they were doing a lot of complaining in the first half. They got a couple of technical fouls. They were frustrated. We talked a lot about that at halftime. Is the idea of keeping their composure. They didn't do it in the first half. They did do it in the second half. They weren't worried about the the calls or the non-calls. They were playing through it. They were fighting through it. Lowry fought through it. I thought he was great, but yeah, you know what? I'm going to co-sign you there, and I'm giving the the player the game to... All Fred right, consensus. Just the way that he stepped up late, doesn't miss a shot from the floor. Uh, thought he was great tonight. Fred Van Vliet is your player of the game, and that's brought to you by Two for One. Get a large three-topping pizza with their deep, cheesy garlic loaf for just seventeen ninety-nine. Call two four one o two four one. You're going to hear from Fred Van Vliet after his Two for One Pizza Player of the Game kind of night, as well as Kyle Lowry as we go inside the Raptors locker room. That's coming up next. As the Raptors beat the Grizz 122-114, walking all over Memphis right here on TSN 1050. Now works right side, turns the corner, kicks to Lowry, corner three in the air, good. Down the bottom of the well for Lowry. Great pass by Kawhi Leonard Jonesy. Right side ISO on Gasol. They come and help. He gives Lowry a left side open three. Paul Jones, Jack Armstrong on the call. Because we're walking in Memphis. I still got that song in my head. It's catchy. Kyle Lowry, 5 of 8 from distance. A team I 24 points as the Raptors dig themselves out of a big hole to come from behind and beat the Grizz 122-114. 18-4, best record in the NBA. Gareth Wheeler alongside Josh Bloomberg. Uh, the Raptors from distance tonight shot 55%. Lowry leading the way, but look look who's making threes. Like the bench tonight was eight of ten from distance. When you can get that kind of production coming off your bench, look out. CJ Miles, two for two, didn't play in the second half because Weird. no, uh well, it, it was the staggering of Ka- Kawhi and Kyle's minutes in the second half that basically forced one of the five bench guys. And they each played over 37 minutes tonight. Right. So normally it's the five bench guys that are in there together. That was the case in the first half when Miles actually played pretty well. He had some missteps on defense, as most of the Raptors did in the first half, but hit both of his threes. But in the second half, and I thought this was a big part. This was another, we've been complimenting Nurse quite a bit here in the postgame, but he deserves it. 
this was another good decision, I thought, in the second half, was making sure that one of Kawhi or Kyle Lowry were on the floor at all times because, let's face it, those five-man bench units have not been very good this year, so essentially it cost Miles his second half minutes, but he hit his That's two fine. threes in the first half. Fred Van Vliet hit all th- three threes in his uh, in the fourth quarter. Jonas Valanciunas hit a three off the bench, and then you have your starting backcourt uh, of Kyle Lowry and Danny Green going nine for 16. So, yeah, all of a sudden, after a few weeks of wondering what was going on with the Raptors' three-point shooting, as we know, these things tend to even themselves out, and probably more than that, when you have the personnel, as the Raptors do, to be a very good three-point shooting team, and we're seeing that happen now that guys are getting healthy and getting back in rhythm. And the Raptors were 7 in, uh, seven for 12 overall from distance in the fourth quarter. Um, that's good coaching, making that kind of adjustment, going away from Miles, more burn for Kawhi and Kyle. And let's take a quick call at 416-870-1050. Donnie calls in, and he wants to bring up a couple points, one that we've discussed and one that we will discuss uh, after Donnie brings it up. Donnie from Toronto, the floor is yours. Thanks for calling in. Hey, fellas. You're talking a lot about the coaching adjustments tonight, and a big one that stuck out to me, I love Danny Green, and you guys were talking about, you know, he had 14 points, shot the ball well, but Danny was getting beaten like a drum in the first half by Mike Conley, and I don't know if it was a matter of poor communication where guys were not calling out the picks and Danny was getting hung up, but it was like one screen and Conley gets into the middle of the paint and he's throwing up teardrops. He's dropping off to a post player. He's kicking out for threes. And when you got a guy as talented as Mike Conley operating from, from 12 feet in, you're in big trouble. In the second half, you saw Lowry guarding Mike Conley. You saw yep. uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet guarding Mike Conley. And both of those guys, um, I don't think individually they're as good perimeter defenders as Danny Green, but they are very hard to screen. And we weren't getting rubbed out on that on that high on that high uh, ball screen anymore. And I would love to know what happened there with Danny. If it was just poor communication, or if he just had an off night, or if he just wasn't seeing it, he kept getting hung up. But this is the type of thing that in the past, you know, I'm not going to you know talk about the past coaches or whatever, but. You know, the the reluctance to change things up, and this is our guy, and we're going to stick with him. Like, yeah, Danny deserves to be out there in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't his night. And I love the fact that, you know, change things up. Freddie was playing well. He wasn't getting hung up on ball screens, and, and we're not going to be like, well, we got to – we got to leave the veteran out there and let him work it out. Like it's about getting the win. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Donnie. I, Kyle Lowry. It wasn't just Andy Green in the first half. Kyle Lowry was having all kinds of problems as well. The backcourt yeah. was having a real difficult time on Mike Conley. But it was a night where another matchup worked, and the fact that the coaching staff did have that level of flexibility to throw it a zone. Van Vliet had a couple big defensive interventions late in the ball game as well, uh, Josh. So I think Donnie brings up a good point. You sometimes just got to feel out the matchups, and if one isn't working, you got to go in a different direction. It's a really good point by Donnie there, and something that uh, Nick Nurse has talked about since training camp is riding the hot hand, and the hot hand normally refers to uh, the offensive side of the ball, but that idea sort of applies on the defensive end as well, and that's sort of the point that Donnie was making there where uh, whatever you were doing in the first half wasn't working. All of a sudden you find something in the second half that is working 
And I think in the past, the Raptors maybe were a little bit too rigid in the way that they were thinking on a game-to-game basis where it's like, all right, these are the guys that we run with to begin the fourth quarter. These are the guys that we roll out there to close the fourth quarter, whereas now there are a number of factors that go into the decision, and a lot of it is matchup, a lot of it is... I mean, there, there's a number of things that go into it, but I think a big part of it has to be who's playing well and what's working for you. Yep. And, and it, tonight it was Fred Van Vliet and, and that group. They found something there in the second half. And, and Conley's a good player. Like, he is a baller. And you brought it up to me when we're, while we were watching the game, and I totally forgot he's never been an All-Star in this league. 12 years and no All-Star appearances. And we, I, I mean, we could look into this and, and probably do a whole segment on it, well, write a whole Western piece conference, on it. Right? But like, well, I was going to say, like, how many players in NBA history are as good as Mike Conley and haven't made an All-Star team? He right. might be one of the best. He probably is one of the best players ever to never make an All-Star team. Now, I would imagine the Grizzlies keep playing the way they do. Conley stays healthy, keeps playing the way he does. Maybe that changes this year, but you're right, Wheels. I mean, the West, especially that guard position, has been so tough over the years. So, yeah, I mean, he's been doing this all year and he's been healthy all year, which is one of the reasons why the Grizzlies are back at it. But yeah, I thought not only Danny Green, but Kyle Lowry, the perimeter defense in general in the first half really struggled. That was one of the biggest changes, one of the biggest adjustments in the second half. The other point that Donnie wanted to bring up, we just had to move on. Sorry, Donnie. Uh, Kawhi Leonard not getting calls. That's something that Donnie noticed as well. And that was something that we were discussing as well. What's the deal with that? Kawhi is an aggressive player, and oftentimes he doesn't sell it like other players do. You know, other players are complaining. They're trying to get that call even before the play actually finishes or comes to its completion. Um, Does Kawhi just need to be patient here and they'll start coming his way? What do you make of it? I hope so. The Raptors hope so. But I don't know. I I mean, Kawhi in general, I think, is a really tough player to officiate. Obviously, different position, different era. But it reminds me almost of Shaq, where the guy Shaq was so big, so So strong, strong, so tough, and made the game look so easy, so natural, that it, it made... It really tough to decipher what was a foul, what wasn't a foul, because he would just overpower his way through everybody, yeah, regardless right. of how much contact there was. And Kawhi's sort of similar. Uh, he he's so strong, just uh, barrels his way into the lane, and is often finishing through contact. Even if he misses the shot, he gets the shot off because of how strong he is. So I think a lot of the time, it's not necessarily a matter of selling it. I just think he's so overpowering and makes things look so easy that a lot of the time the referee maybe takes that for granted and says, okay, well, there, there wasn't that much contact. We just in, play in, through it. In, I, rea- yeah. in, in reality, other guys, you, you put the same amount of contact on another guy and, and that guy's going to the ground, cool. right? And all of a sudden, so I guess maybe it is selling it in that, in that way. And I'm not saying other guys are flopping necessarily. I just think that contact has more impact on other guys than it does with Kawhi. I don't think it's a Toronto Raptor thing. I don't think no. he's not getting the calls because he's in the red uniform. I, I just think he, as a player, is tough to officiate. And I also think there's something to be said about the fact that he doesn't complain. Sure, that, we, that too. And, 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 and perhaps, we got to move on, but perhaps this is something that 
the Nick, team, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse needs to. We saw him pick up a tech today. Right, just be more on the referees, and maybe even goes above that. You know, because people are always sending tape to the league office behind the scenes. Are you watching this? Are you seeing? And that? I'm sure the so, Raptors are. Exactly. At, Nurse, even after the game to us, has mentioned on a few occasions that they're not happy with the way uh, Kawhi Leonard is being officiated. Yeah, and I, and I think it's with. Just cause. They do have a case to be made. Um, and then it's up to Kawhi going to the free throw line and actually hitting all of his free throws. Which is another story, and we'll leave that for another day. Uh, let's go inside the Raptors locker room. Fred Van Vliet coming off his perfect night from the floor. He's our two-for-one pizza player of the game. And it looked like he wasn't going to be able to continue at one point after coming down, kind of tripping over a cameraman, injuring his left ankle. Uh, he looked great after that. Here's what he had to say about that incident and the rest of his very good night. I think I just stepped on the cameraman there. I don't uh, felt my ankle twist a little bit, so it's kind of a, a quick, sharp pain. And um, I, don't, I wasn't going to get up and, and, you know, fall back down. So I uh, took it a little bit and was able to shake it off. And, Come back in, nothing, nothing major. Just a, a little, you know, come down wrong and get scared a little bit. What changed in the second half for you and for the team? Uh, I think we just dictated a little bit more, um, kind of imposed our will defensively. I thought I was able to have some good opportunities guarding the ball, um, fighting over ball screens, and we kind of figured out you know, and were the aggressors a little bit more in the second half and playing playing defense the way we know we can. I think we were a little bit too relaxed in, in the first half. You guys did a good job spreading the floor, especially for Kawhi. Late in the game, you got a couple of yeah. yeah. you know. It's going to be nice like that. I mean, the guy's, you know, one of the best players in the NBA, and some teams are going to say, look, somebody else is going to have to beat us, and I think that was their that was their um, approach tonight. They were sending three, four, or five guys at him sometimes, and, uh, you know, he, he was patient and picked the spots, and I thought he did a great job of moving the ball and finding open guys in the second half. You almost never show emotion on the floor. You hit that game time three and you fist bumped. And I mean, is, is that just is that your season and finally coming around, or is that just the game itself? Like, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously we know we know I haven't been shooting the ball well. That's no secret. So to get back on track a little bit is always fun. And to come from behind and you putting so much effort in, it takes so much out of you to to climb out of a hole like that. You know, you're gonna show some emotion there after you put so much into it. So. Uh, that's that's probably as, as much as you'll see from me, and uh, you know it was, it was a big, big shot, big moment in the game. Bench did a good job, Fred, especially in the second half when you, I mean, the starters played heavy minutes in the first half, and then it was like Nick was holding you guys and let you loose, and it turned around. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna, we're gonna have to be better um, as a unit. It's it's different, and uh, I think you know we gotta let last year be last year and figure some some new things out this year and uh, just come with a better defensive approach as a unit in the second in the uh, second half. I thought the bench came in with more energy and more focus and a little bit more toughness and was able to to get a spark there. With you guys on the bench, is it the defense that you're? That feels like it. It feels like it. obviously you know. The last two, maybe three games, I think we've been trading baskets with the other teams when we're coming in. Um, so early on, your offense was, was hurting our defense, and now we just got to come in with more more urgency and more intensity. And, and uh, you know, it's going to take time. We'll figure it out. There you go. Fred Van Vliet postgame, 18 points coming off the Raptors bench in just 22 minutes. Uh, Van Vliet looking great tonight, coming in and finishing the ball game in place of Danny Green. He mentioned Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lundberg with you. Just quickly, Josh, he, he, he mentioned that the second unit's just different than it was last year. It's different in personnel and makeup and production. And he's right. They just need to get better. But 
tonight I think it was a step in the right direction for him. And it's just about that second unit. It's not going to be one unit and two units. Things are much more kind of evenly spaced out. And the rotation is much more fluid than it was. So it's going to be a different second unit this year. But it's about those individual players finding their roles within whatever unit they are on the floor and being productive. And Van Vliet making those jump shots, playing good defense. That's all part of it. And that was sort of the idea behind changing up the units and changing up the, the rotation. Um, from Nick Nurse this year is they don't want to be dependent on units and certain guys only playing well with other guys. It has to be guys can step up individually regardless of who's around and play as a team, play as units, regardless of who comprises those units on any given night at any given time. it's going to be a bit of a work in progress because I think teams, players are creatures of habit and rely on the chemistry of playing with similar guys. So we've seen it be a bit of an adjustment for this team. And I also think that you might have to look at staggering the minutes of Leonard and Lowry in big games as the Raptors did tonight because it's tough. Uh, throwing five guys out there that aren't used to creating for themselves and being the go-to guy offensively uh, for extended period of, periods of time in a game like this. You, I think you need Kawhi sure. out there with that group or Kyle out there with that group. I think the Raptors did it. I mean, granted, the, the starters played big minutes, but I, I think Nurse managed the rotation really well in the second half, which allowed them to get back into this game. And they won the ball game at the end of the day. Their third six-game win streak of the season. I don't like the 6-6-6, but hey, let's hope it's a good omen, not a bad one with the Golden State Warriors coming to town on Thursday night. We'll look ahead to that marquee matchup next as the Raptors beat the Grizz 122-114. This is Tangerine Raptors Basketball on TSN 1050. So right now they're the best, and I expect them to be there for probably throughout the whole season. They got tremendous length. They got so many two-way players, and Obviously, Kawhi's back and playing at MVP level. Kyle Lowry's a great leader as well as a he's a bulldog out there. So it's going to be a great test for us. And um, who knows, might be a preview of June. But uh, they got something really special up there in Canada right now. There you go. If you needed any more hype. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors after the 116-110 victory. A comfort behind victory, just like the Raptors tonight against the Magic yesterday. Clay Thompson with some big words about Thursday night's matchup. It's going to be right here in Toronto, Scotiabank Arena, an 8 p.m. tip. Warriors, the champs against the best team in the NBA right now in your Toronto Raptors. A game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lundberg with you. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball. Raptors win 122-114 over the Memphis Grizzlies. And this could have been one of those look-ahead games where you look past the Grizzlies, you look forward to a national, nationally televised Thursday night matchup with all kinds of hype now. now there was always going to be hype, but even more so with the light that in the comments made right there by Clay Thompson. And that's... That looked like how things were playing out tonight in the first half. The Raptors might have been looking ahead a little bit, and the Grizzlies certainly good enough to make them pay, and they were making them pay. And that's why the Raptors deserve credit for fighting through it, 
hanging in there as they did at first, and and then uh, they were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and then they finally broke it open. Uh, So good for them, uh, and fitting that the Raptors come back from a 17-point deficit after the Warriors came back from, what was it, 18 points down against Orlando. Uh, these are two teams that play at a. I mean, we we saw the Raptors play a team tonight who who they play a very uh, slow paced style of basketball. Although it was a bit more of an offensive type game today than we expected, the Warriors and the Raptors uh, get your neck braces ready, as as they say. There's going to be a lot of points in that game. What if a I don't own of, one? Just get ready you, to. No, well, you you still have time to go out and buy one. I don't, where, <laughs> okay. where does one buy a neck brace? But the next bra- it will like actually be limiting because I'm going to be shifting my body. Like I'd rather just like pretend so I have a hula hoop you, you around just need my like neck. Like a swivel swivel chair. Swivel chair. Get your swivel get chair. Get your swivel ready. chairs ready. Maybe they can sponsor the game and get like a swivel chair right. company. So. The Clay Thompson comments didn't only catch our attention up here in our city. It's got national attention south of the border as well. Uh, This afternoon on the jump, Rachel Nichols, Byron Scott, and some guy who we hate here in Toronto, Paul Pierce, uh, they talked about uh, the legitimacy of Clay Thompson's comments from yesterday. So, Byron, first of all... This is Clay is just putting them in the in the finals mm-hmm. on the West, which <laughs> yeah. is fair probably at this point. Okay. So someone knocks him off, right? Yeah, okay, right. good. And now he's putting the Raptors in preseason. He put the Celtics in the finals. Maybe he's just playing with everyone's head. But what do you think of him calling this a, a June preview? Well, I, I think it's it's something for okay. sure. You know, I, and I think when you look at Toronto's record and you look at the way they've been playing, you look at Ka- Kawhi, uh, probably the best two-way player in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, this could possibly be an NBA Finals. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt. You, you know, you got two very good basketball teams that's going to be going at it tonight. I think Golden State obviously is a, a little bit better than Toronto. This is Thursday, but yeah. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, players going to switch probably next month and say it's Milwaukee. So, right. you know, yeah, I mean, everybody. it just kind of depends on who's playing great at that time. Right now it's right. Toronto, and that's who they're facing. Well, Toronto has the depth. They can match up with Golden State with their forwards. They have an MVP caliber player in Kawhi. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Lowry is playing the best oh, basketball I've ever seen him play. So tough as nails. So it's it's not far off. You know they're they're going to be there. Toronto's going to be there in the end. Of course, Boston. I believe Philly. It's going to be a dog fight in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yep. You can't, you can't count them out. No. So, um, it, it could possibly be a finals preview with the way Toronto has been playing. It's fun in the East not knowing. We just always, it is fun. Yeah, we, we we always just going to put Golden State in there. Yeah, because right? we always <laughs> put Cleveland in there, too. So say, money is whatever good. team LeBron's playing. Yeah, it was right? always putting Cleveland that, in there. That's good money back. over there. That is good money. You feel good about that. You feel good about that bet. Paul goes to Vegas sometimes, so you can take his word for it. There you go. Rachel Nichols, Byron Scott, and Paul Pierce. They believe there's something to it. Downplayed it a little bit, but I don't think Clay Thompson's just throwing out there just to hype the game. And 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 look, on Thursday night, Steph Curry might return. He's been dealing with that groin injury. He's questionable. Draymond Green's going to be out, and Boogie Cousins still will not be in the lineup for the Golden State Warriors. So it might be a finals preview, we all hope, but the one team that's coming into town might look very different come springtime. Still, though, I mean, this is a good test for the Raptors to see where they're at, at least at this point in the season, and how they match up with a team that they've, at least in part, constructed their team to try and match up with. I mean, I don't think the Raptors are alone in that. I think a lot of teams in the NBA, most 
of the teams in the NBA over the last few years as they've been making roster decisions are thinking about the Golden State Warriors, not necessarily with the the idea of getting to the finals to match up with them necessarily, but if you're going to be a great team in the NBA, if you're going to trend towards eventually competing for a championship, right now the Golden State Warriors are the archetype. And the Raptors, I think, have done a pretty good job of building a a style of team that can play modern-day basketball in the way that the Golden State Warriors have essentially perfected it over the last few years. I love that word, archetype. Solid, Josh. Uh, Let's just call it the the hunter facing the hunted because they are the bar. They are the standard setter. They are the gold standard in the NBA. So a good early season test. Raptors, Golden State will be on on your and our airwaves at 7 p.m. come Thursday night. Good stuff tonight, Josh. That was a really entertaining ball game. Turned out to be a really good one. And an impressive win for the Raps. And it was a shootout. It wasn't exactly the slugfest we predicted no it to be. But I guess there was, I mean, the, the, the Raptors certainly shut Memphis down in the second half. It, it was a fun one. Leading up to, it was the appetizer to the main course on Thursday. See you at Scotiabank Arena Thursday night. We hope that bring you Bring your swivel chair. Yes, bring your swivel chair. Coin that. Bumper stickers everywhere. Uh, thanks to Victoria. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to JP on behalf of everyone here at TSN Radio. I am Gareth Wheeler. Raptors win and enjoy the rest of your night, Toronto.